JT, if you'll go ahead and put up Matthew 25, 1 for me. It says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. So I'm going to want to stop right there because I just kind of want to set a, kind of like a, a scene here. So these are ten virgins. So they're virgins. So obviously they're saved. They're, you know, they're pure and all this. And it's like they're waiting on the bridegroom. They're waiting on this day. They're waiting on this day where he comes and he takes them and he, they all get, they get married. Hey, back then this was a very, very big deal for them, obviously. Uh, so, all right, go, go ahead and go to verse two. It says, and five of them were wise and five were foolish. That They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there not be enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they, were, while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went, and went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you neither know the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. So it's real easy to look at that and say, I'm going to talk about yeah, the, the return of Christ. And I'm going to talk about yeah, like how people are going to be ready and how they're not going to be ready. And I, I'm going to touch on that a little bit. But really, I, I, I want to talk about, are you ready? It's like, or are you waiting? So the question is, we've, as I go through life and I watch churches and I watch yeah, like especially some of these mega churches that you see around like Texas and stuff like that, you watch and you have a bunch of people that are in a church and they're a part of a congregation. And in their congregation, they're taught that, you know, everything is, hey, yeah, it's about your mindset and everything else is okay. It doesn't matter. And they're taught all these things. And you watch it as life goes on in these people's lives, you realize very quickly that yeah, they're, they're not ready. Because if, as I'm going to show you through the scriptures, there's a, there's a thing to, are you ready or are you just waiting for his return? If you're just waiting for his return and you're not ready for his return, then I'm here to tell you that you're going to be in with the five foolish virgins. So let's go to Hebrews 12, 14. It says, follow peace with all men and holiness, which no man shall see the Lord. Revelations 3, 5. He that overcometh, overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment and will not blot his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Romans 12, 1. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, un holy acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So 
as I'm sitting here going over these scriptures, I, and as I, I've, as I've gone through the past month of my life, and as I, the more I've studied for this, and the more that I've read, it, it, it's crazy how much that you see the word holy come up. When it, and it's not always talking about God. It's talking about our lives. It's talking about the things that we do with our lives. And as you, it's, and as you study the word, you realize, there's, hey, this is a very important thing. But the funny thing is, is that because of, because of a bunch of people that really tried to force things on people, because of a lot of people that, were very, that hearts weren't pure about it, you have a lot of people that have been turned off to this word holy. And it's really become a four-letter word for a lot of people. But in actuality, if you study the word, it's one of the most important things that you could possibly look at. I mean, it's it's so important for your life that it literally says that without holiness, you will not see God. Come, I mean, come on. Amen. Amen. That, I mean, that's kind of a big deal. But yet, you know, like you hear all these preachers in these mega churches talking, and you never hear them talking about holiness. And I, it's like, and as I started going through this, and I watched my friend go through this life. She so he, she used to be a, a, a worship leader. She used to do all these things. Now all of a sudden, I see her. She's in bars. I see her. And she's like, oh hey, can, why don't, you know, what's some good choices for some secular music in my life? And I watch her slowly fade, and I watch her fight through things. And it doesn't mean that she's a bad person. It doesn't mean that she's fallen from grace. Yet what it means is that she's in a bad place. And just because you listen to secular music, I'm not saying that you're a sinner. What I'm saying is that when you've grown up your entire life going and listening to nothing but Christian music, when you've grown up doing nothing but doing worship music, and then all of a sudden you decide, hey, wait a second, you know what? There's something else out there. It's showing the, it's showing the direction of your heart. It's not a matter of, hey, I did this or I didn't do this, but it's a matter that your heart was in the wrong place. So it's not a judgment of, hey, I'm, I'm sitting here trying to do that. No, I love you. I love you as much as anybody should love you. And so I'm going to tell you that, hey, guess what? I love you and you're, right now things aren't looking good for you. Watch out. And it's something that we as a people, as a church, should do more of. Let's see. Let's go on to... Uh, I'm going to read, actually, the definition of holy. Getting back to, it's like a lot of people have associated this with holy with, oh, it's just a bunch of rules. That's, yeah, that's legalism. That's all these things. But really, if you read the definition of holy, holy in Webster's, Merriam-Webster says, devoted entirely to the deity or the work of the deity. So wait a second. It's not about, hey, this is a rule and a regulation. No, it's about my devotion, my life being devoted to Christ. We should be, our lives should be devoted to Christ, but we've grown up and we've raised up as, you know, I can't remember which scripture it is off the top of my head, but it actually calls them bastards, which means that they don't have a father because they don't know him. Because I, I'm here to tell you that if you're without, the, without that relationship with Christ, without your heart being saying, hey, it's like everything that I do, I do for him. Whenever, until we get that mindset that our lives isn't just a, another day. Hey, we weren't put on this earth to show to wake up every day, go to work, come home, do the dishes and go to bed. That's not what we were made for. That's not what we were put on this earth for. That's not what Christ returned. or what, That's not what Christ came for and died for. He came so that we, would have, that we would have life and we'd have it more abundantly, which is through him and doing his work. The, um, go to Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 for me. 
It says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great cloud of witnesses, let us set aside every weight and sin which, do e- which doth easily, so easily beset us, and let us run with patience. That's something we lo- overlook a lot of times. Let us run with patience. I'm here to tell you, just because you messed up, yeah, don't like, or just because you have something in your life and it's not gone yet, don't give up on God. You have patience because guess what? He's doing it in His timing and He's going to work it out for you. It says the, uh, with patience, the race which that is set before us. <laughs> Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, the author and finisher. How amazing! Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endureth such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. And so that is going to go back to, I'm going to back up a little bit and go over this. And it comes down to something that, Part of the reason a lot of times, like you watch people, they get saved, and it's like, and holiness is just something that comes with getting saved. You know, when you become a new creature, you become a new creation, your heart is changed forever. And you, and you literally are devoted to him. Everything you do is, oh God, what, what do you want me to do here? What's your will for my life? And what happens though is that, and as you read these scriptures, and it's so, it's so funny that how it words everything. And actually, JT, can you put that last scripture back up for me one more time, buddy? Thank you. It says, you know, for consider him that endureth such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. See, what happens with that is that, hey, you know, we go through life and we mess up. We, we mess up and we think that God is mad at us, or, we, or that or else we get mad at ourselves and we get so down on ourselves and so worried about, hey, I, I messed up that we, we literally, we get into this like, we go into autopilot and we get cocooned into ourselves and we just, uh, I don't, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it. But when actuality, God says, has already said that, hey, guess what? If, not when, but if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Christ Jesus the righteous. And he's there giving intercession for us currently as we speak, which is the most amazing thing that we could ever ask for. And so, please put that back up, buddy. I'm sorry. It's like, but what I've watched in that is so we get wearied and we get faint in our minds. And we, it's like, and then that's when the drift starts to happen. Is that because we haven't, because we get so put off with him and we get so many walls between us and him because we think he's mad at us and because we think that there's something wrong and we know we can see in our minds we can see man I've stopped praying as much as I used to I'm just not doing it and we get so caught up in with what we haven't done or what we have done that we really lose the sight of hey guess what He, he really is just knocking at the door hey come on I'm waiting on you right now let's go Let's go. Come, come to me. I, it's like, I have the answer for you. I have the healing that you need in your lives. It's, it's funny because what you end up with is desert, discouragement leads to exile. You, it's like you just end up all by yourself. Uh, go ahead and go to Psalms 101, 3 through 7. It says, I will set no wicked thing before my eye, I hate the work of them that turn aside. And actually, before I finish reading this, I'm sorry, I, my notes were a little bit messed up right there. Yeah, so what I found is that there's 
there's a few major things that we that we do that allow for this to come in. This is one of them. Is it's like when we're dealing with holiness and we'll, we'll like we'll put hey, I will set no wicked thing before mine eye. Yet what you if what are you putting before your eye? What are you watching? What is what is it that when you go home and you're by yourself? What is the before your eyes? Hey, whenever you're at work, even, it's like, what, are, what things are you watching? Let's, let's keep reading this. It says, it, and it shall not cleave to me. So he's got a very, his attitude to the whole thing is going to be, I'm, I'm not letting this come into my life, is his attitude to the entire thing. It says, a froward heart shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. It says, whoso privily slandereth his neighbor, him will I cut off. Him that, has, him that hath an high look and a proud heart will I not suffer. This is something that I, I realized quickly as I, as I was studying this. That's me. I, I am negative Nancy. I'm, I, I don't know what it is. I'm like, I go, I'm driving down the road and I, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. If that woman doesn't decide what lane she wants to be in. <laughs> and we all know what I'm talking about. It's like, I'm all, but I always have something negative to say about people. And that's, that's the problem with me. That's, that's, who I, that's who I fought every day. It's, but let's to continue on. I'm sorry. I just, that was funny because I was reading it and I was like, man, that's just nailing me. It says, mine eyes shall, shall be upon the faithful of the land that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way he shall serve me. It says, He that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. Is that the last one? Okay, yes. So, yeah, what I'm getting at with that is, hey, you know, who we hang out with matters too. Let me tell you something. The friend that I was talking about, you know, one thing you can go back to was who she surrounded herself with. And that is a direct correlation to what, ha- what has happened with her life and is what sh- with what she is currently fighting. Because I'm here to tell you the quickest way, it's funny, he, the quickest way to get to somebody is through friends, is through relationships. Because you, I'm, you can say what you want to, who you hang out with is who you will become. That is, like, it will directly affect your life. I... Um, uh, if I can go ahead and have everybody stand. All right, we've already established, hey, you know what? Holiness is important. It's something that we should, that we should strive for every day. It's something that you know, our hearts should be towards God. Um, and I'm going to, before we leave today, I want you to ask yourself, am I ready or am I waiting? This is the question that I had to ask myself, and it was the question that I had to examine myself and say, you know, am I ready or am I just sitting here waiting on him to return? And then come to find out, hey, when it came time to return, when he did finally return, yeah, I was, I didn't have any oil in my lamp. I, I hadn't prepared myself. See, that well, the whole thing with that was is that the reason that they were foolish is because they weren't prepared because their mind and their hearts really weren't in it. Their mind and their hearts was on something completely else and then it was the bridegroom returning. So, I, so once again, I ask you, are you ready or are you just waiting? 
And I'm here to tell you now, if you feel condemned in any way, please don't. Because I'm here to tell you that we have an advocate with the Father Christ Jesus, the righteous, who stands at the right hand of the Father and intercedes for us. It's, but and it's funny to me, a lot of times too, when you're struggling with something, it's something you don't see a whole lot of anymore. There's elders in the church. In, in Ephesians, it talks about calling upon the elders and have them lay hands on them and pray for one another that you might be healed. And my, my favorite part of that scripture isn't even that, even though I'm a Pentecostal and I believe in that, yeah, a lot of times we get subtle on it. But the part of, that amazes me in it is that it says, if there be any sin, it'll be forgiven them. But just because you come up and ask to be prayed by elders of the church, how amazing. And so I, I leave you tonight. I just say, you know what? He's standing at the door and knocking. Are you, are you going to be willing to open up? If you're not ready, I'm here to tell you, you can be ready.